0: Hey, guys, welcome to Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah, where I speak to guests from across the UAE about topics you want to hear about. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Muhammad Al-Fayed, who is co-founder and CEO of a food focused tech startup called GrubTech. Welcome, Muhammad.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me on the platform. Really excited to be here.
0: Of course, it's an absolute pleasure. So GrubTech, I think people have heard of that. Do you want to tell me your story?
1: <laughs> sure. Um, Look, we're a startup based out of Dubai, uh, established in October of 2019, uh, with a mission to digitize the F&B world. Um, We've got, um, you know, a passion for taking anything analog, whether it's be brick and mortar operations uh, uh, in the retail space, in the food space, and, and bringing a touch of digitization to it. And um, that's exactly what we uh, did. So over the last two and a half years, we serve customers across 17 countries. Um, our business includes cloud kitchens like the Calavat Cloud Kitchen, the Accor Hotel Group Cloud Kitchen, the Hunger Station Cloud Kitchens, um, as well as a lot of restaurants that most of your users uh, in, or listeners enjoy on a daily basis. Um, and people ask, well, what do you do for them? Um, I, the best way I can describe it is where a restaurant, Technology in a box. So everything that you need to run your restaurant—from how you create your ingredients to how you build your recipes, your pictures, your item titles, your descriptions, the point of sale that sits on the counter that you guys that we use to um, take, you know, orders from—connecting you guys to all the food aggregators like Kareem, Talabat, Hunger Station. Uh, Deliveroo and and the many others. How do we take the order in? How do we split the order? So the drinks go to the drink station or fries go to the fry station. How do we bring that order back together again? And how do we make sure we hand the right bag to the right customer and do so to bring that click to doorbell journey as short as possible so you can enjoy nice warm food. So that's what Gruptec does.
0: Oh, no big deal. Just like does the entire service for you and fees you, but like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> no problem
1: at all. Yeah, no, that's, that's quite what we do on Monday morning. Tuesday's a whole <laughs> different day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. So my first question is about your timeline. So you started this just before the pandemic. Is that right?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: What was that like?
1: Look, I mean, nobody could have predicted that, you know, four months after starting a young startup between three crazy co-founders, the world would just go crazy. And, uh, you know, you're trying to build, hire, train, induct, build a culture, Uh, talk to customers, sell product, all uh, within the comforts of your bedroom or your office Mm -hmm. uh, through a two-dimensional screen. So it was very challenging, it was very difficult, but there's a silver lining to every story. And and the silver lining is that overnight, every single restaurant depended on delivery as their primary uh, form of income. And the demand for the product surged globally. We We were building faster than we could sell. Uh, or we're selling faster that we can build, I should say. And and um, we were very fortunate to service really, really big logos and really, really big clients and learn a lot from them. Because the interesting part is none of us come from the f background. So for for the first part of this journey, I, I didn't understand what a point of sale is from a kitchen display system to what the hell happens to an order when it goes into a kitchen. So that was a, a, a lot of learning. And we learned through the The lens of the customers and 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 we were fortunate enough to have such patient and 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 and, you know very well experienced customers to teach us what we needed to build so you know there was a challenge and a difficulty building a company during uh the first phase of the pandemic but you know in 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 hindsight it also has been instrumental to get us where we are today
0: i see and you said that you operate in 17 countries
1: yeah so we're uh, as far east as as uh, Singapore and Malaysia and as far west as Spain um okay. haven't landed right yeah, in, the, in the in the Americas yet but uh i think that's going to happen pretty soon so you a know, heck of a journey uh, an absolute pleasure to have been you know fortunate enough to be blessed with the customers and and the, the you know the colleagues that we have to get us to where we are today
0: okay that's interesting so I'm not sure if you would consider this a challenge of you kind of not having the f and b background to do this. I guess it was more of a learning experience, but aside from the obvious challenge of you know the pandemic, what would you say is something that like was a serious challenge for you that you were able to overcome and how?
1: Um, look, you know we're we're a little older than most uh, startup entrepreneurs. Um, I think the three co fashion i think I know the three co-founders are over the age of forty, so it was, we, that, may, that basically means that we had steady jobs, you know, paychecks every 28 days, and we have families and, you know, the typical bills, and we all live in Dubai, so it is a relatively right. expensive city, um, and we had to make a conscious, uh, calculated decision to kind of leave all of that and put um, a, a big risk quotient on top of it to, to, to start GrubTech, um, so it was unnerving. And, and obviously, you know, faced with a pandemic and a, a severe investor backlash uh, on, on who they were investing in and how they were investing in was was you know unsettling to say the least. Um, and these were all different challenges that we had to work through, especially during the early days.
0: I see. Um, it's interesting how you said that you the investors are a little older than the usual entrepreneurs. So it's just because like, usually when you hear entrepreneur or like tech, you know, people doing like involved in tech startups, you think of like, like maybe people in like their thirties, or maybe people who have like you know just starting out after college, maybe. So, what would you say was kind of the main source of inspiration? I guess were you guys friends beforehand and decided to kind of come together? You noticed a kind of a capacity gap in the market. Like, how did this come together?
1: Yeah, so um, one one of the co-founders, Omar Rafi, and I date back about thirty five years in friendship. Uh, we grew Whoa. up in the same. Neighborhood, yeah, and and went to the same elementary school, and, and and kind of luck universe had us, you know, attached at the hip all the way until we came here to Dubai early 2008. Um, so we did have that foundational trust element and an absolute, you know, faith in each other's abilities. Um, and and through common friends, we were brought in and roped in our third co-founder, who's our CTO, which was one friend removed from a similar story. Um, and under you know the umbrella of Let's try something new and 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 life wasn't difficult enough as it is so let's make it a lot harder. Let's start a company 4 months before a pandemic, you know, sweeps the world. So why not? Uh that that's Yeah, why not? Why not? So that's kind of the story now. Why do so in in our 40s? I, I think each one of us will have a different answer. Um but I can tell you mine and and, and mine to be honest with you was look I, in my previous life, I was a senior vice president. I was blessed to build a, a digital company under the Altair umbrella and be part of an amazing story that gave birth to you know, websites like Unas and, and Mamas and Papas and Gap and, and, and numerous you know, luxury brands that have made the foray out of brick and mortar into the digital arena. And to be very honest with you, you know, I, I felt that I've reached the, the pinnacle of that mountain um, mm. There wasn't much more to conquer in that space, and that entrepreneurial spirit just kept me up at night. I knew that there was more I needed to do, and and I wasn't really sure um, what I what it would be and what it is. And you know, a, a funny story is that I actually quit my job well before I knew that I was going to start Grubtech. I quit my job in search of the next challenge, um, and, and Grubtech happened to land on my lap about four months later through a complete you know coincidence and a sequence of events our co-founder made an investment in an early stage uh, cloud kitchen he brought me in to kind of take a look at what that cloud kitchen was doing by way of a technology space i had never seen heard or been in a cloud kitchen before walk through it and go oh my god this is rife with inefficiencies and there's a severe lack of technology kind of enabling this whole you know food delivery story did a lot of research over the summer tried to understand who the different players are what their USBs were what they were offering to market and just was convinced and, and, and that you know there was an opportunity there and I couldn't shake it I, I tried to ignore it I tried to you know pass on it but it kept on gnawing in my soul that you know I had to answer the call and and, and that, that's where Gruptic was kind of born
0: it's so interesting how you quit your job before actually getting that opportunity in front of you I feel like you're like you know what yolo just see where this takes me
1: you just know, look you know it, it, I, i've learned over again gray hair beard so you get you get a little bit of wisdom out of not what to do but more importantly what not to do mm-hmm. and, and your soul speaks to you your body speaks to you so my story goes along the lines of i, I went on christmas break um, traveled to travel to a destination with my my family, and, and and for some odd reason, just didn't feel compelled to go back. Uh, and I knew that was just a red flag. Like I, I did not want to go back into my seat. I had a very cushy job. I had over eight hundred people in my division. I had two hundred, um, you know, amazingly talented individuals in the back of house that were building amazing product. Um, and for some reason, that just failed to excite me. And um, you know, I learned a long time ago that you've got to do what you're passionate about. Otherwise it feels like a chore, it feels like a job and I'm not in it to, to, to for the paycheck. It, it was never about the money for me. So I answered the call and, and I knew whatever was next was going to transpire and kind of come to the surface. And, uh, and it did.
0: That's incredible to know that, um, I mean, Most people think, oh, you know, I have the vacation blues. I don't want to go back, you know, to work. But for you to have actually taken the decision of, you know what, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. That's something that people I think should do more of just because life is too short simply to be in a position that you're unhappy to be in. Um, But that actually leads me to my next question. So of course you talked about kind of following your passion, listening to your soul, listening to your body, what you really want to do with your, with your life. Um, do you have any kind of word of advice for tech people listening to this call who are too scared to like, kind of leave their job behind to start a new project or invest into some, in something new?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I, I, again, I have no answers of what to do, but I, I do have a lot of answers of what not to do. I haven't done them and <laughs> realized that. That, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, what I can tell you is you will, I've spent an inordinate amount of time, you know. Trying to find the right moment for this leap. And it is a leap of faith, right? You're trusting in your skill sets, you're trusting in your years of experience, you're trusting in your support uh, system around you, whether it's your family, your wife, husband, whatever the case may be, um, in order to take that leap of faith into the unknown, right? With so much uncertainty around you, both macro and micro. Um, and you will you will pen out what is the right moment. How much money do I have to have saved? I mean, how many friends do I have to have had? Or how many contacts do I need to know? And how many VCs are interested? The reality is there is no the right time you know and everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face and whatever you think your business looks like or is going to look like i can guarantee you it's not going to look like when it actually happens okay there's just too many variables moving all at the same time so you've just got to have a lot of faith that you've got what it takes um you've got to have a lot of grit because the highs are super high and the lows are super low um, and I heard you kind of introduce your podcast earlier in the conversation about talking about some of the things that you know people don't talk about in society and one of the topics um, that people don't talk about is the mental fortitude required to be an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of information when you read how to become a tech entrepreneur or whatever it's all about business plans raising funds, finding the right CTO, finding the right co-founder product market fit but there's very little material about, what the mental requirements are for a successful tech entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um because it is a trying and 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 very difficult task not what to do but how to keep yourself sane throughout the journey and and most people that fail in my humble opinion fail because they lack that grit And and i think there's plenty of books about that topic about have being able to be thick-skinned enough to sustain all the twists and bends and, 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 you know, potholes that will occur. Cause I guarantee you, regardless of who you are, they will happen. You just have to have the stomach to get through them. So my advice is surround yourself with a lot of support cause you're gonna need it. Stop looking for the right time. There is no such a thing. Gather your courage, have a lot of faith in your skills and, and, and who you are. Make sure you don't jump in a project that doesn't uh, resonate with you, both with a purpose and a why and a passion and uh, get going. How, what, where, that's entirely up to you. You can do it as a side hustle. And then when that grows, you bring it into your core of your universe. You know, you can do what I did and and go kamikaze on it and just quit everything (laughs) and jump in both feet, whatever makes sense for you. As long as there's momentum and action, okay, you'll get to where you need to go. You know, a lot of people just daydream about it. They think about it. They may go as far as journaling or whiteboarding, but they don't take the necessary steps to get there. So just take action and, and and you know, iterate as you move forward and you'll get to your goal.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing those words of wisdom. I think it resonates a lot with my followers and my listeners. It's just a matter of taking that first step. And I really appreciate you coming at this from like that, that humble angle of like, I've been where you are kind of, I've been working at like a nine to five job. I know what it's like, you know, the stress of potentially leaving your comfort zone. And like you said, that, that salary that you trust and need. So um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you and yeah, I hope to speak to you again soon.
1: Me too. Me too. Uh, I hope I was helpful to anybody listening to this podcast and (laughs) uh, thank you very much for giving me a platform to speak to them.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.